everybody, and welcome back to the fourth in our ongoing series, The Startups of NRF, as we get ready for what, uh, what we all will see next, uh, next month at NRF. Today, I welcome Daniel Lund, founder of StoreKey, uh, and our discussion today will be about autonomous retail, what's happening in Europe, and, and maybe a little bit of what, what might be happening here in the U.S. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to our series, Startups of NRF. Today, I, I am uh, speaking with Daniel Lund, founder of StoreKey. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? Hi, Jeff. I'm doing great. I'm calling from Stockholm, Sweden, so it's, it's quite chilly here. Oh, fantastic. Let's, yeah, it's really cold here where I'm in the in Silicon Valley. It's, uh, I think we're going to hit 34 today, and that's Fahrenheit. Oh, 34 oh, wow. degrees oh, wow. Fahrenheit. <laughs> we're actually, well, that might that's be... Cold. It's cold, cold for us. For it's cold for us. But there might be a dusting of snow on, on the hills around Silicon Valley. So we're all excited about that. I'm sure that makes uh, <laughs> you cool. guys in the cold countries real happy. Hey, Daniel, tell us, tell us about yourself and your company and what problem are you solving? Absolutely, Jeff. And thanks for having me, first of all. So StoreKey is a, a unified commerce platform. And we help to digitalize the physical store. So the brick and mortar store. And really erasing that line between online and offline. So I would say simply explained, the store key allows you as a retailer to operate your physical store as if, as if it was an e-commerce platform in a sense. So you can sit from remote and you can um, handle the assortment. You can see what products are trending and what you need to put on sale and when to rotate any SKUs, uh, controlling pricing, work with dynamic pricing, really anything you would do on an e-commerce website, you're not able to do, but in your physical store. And all that you can do from remote, which is super exciting. As a platform, I would say that's the easiest way to explain how Storky could work in a physical space. And what's interesting here is that when we started to build this platform, we really wanted to find a way to demonstrate the power of technology here. So what we did back in 2000, early 2019 was that we identified a gap in the market here in Sweden where local grocery stores had closed down for 10, 15 years. The big grocers were looking to the U.S. market and they saw the big box stores of the Walmarts and the Targets of the world. So they did the same thing here and locally in Sweden. And while they did that, they closed the local grocery store. So more than half of the stores disappeared. And, and we saw this is a perfect user case of the StoreKey platform. So we set out to build an autonomous grocery store a small store that was uh, able to run completely unmanned in a rural market because we identified that if we should succeed uh, where others have not succeeded in, in running their local grocery store, we really needed to control the cost of operations. So looking at the cost in any given retail, obviously staff is a big cost driver. So we saw that can we operate a store unmanned and just rely on the platform to do all the heavy kind of lifting of the uh, inventory control of the assortment and setting order triggers and, and all that. So that's was pretty exciting, you know, what we did back in 2019. And since then, we grow our store chain to close to 30 stores uh, and are today the uh, biggest, I would say, autonomous grocery store chain in Europe. And even passing Amazon right now, I, I think they're at 29 stores or something. <laughs> but they're breeding down. They're breeding down our necks. So we, we'll see when they we're going to pass those. I walked into one of those store, one of those 30 stores. What would happen? Let's say I walk in, I pick right. up four items. 
So I walk, just make quickly, just walk us through what happens is I pick up four items and then I head for checkout. What does that look like? Absolutely. So the, these stores that we set were quite small, so really, you know, meet the demands of convenience. And so we wanted to make it super, super easy for a, a customer to shop in our stores. So first you download the store key app. Uh, so on, on your phone, you register and you pre-register your credit card. And while, when you're in the vicinity of the store, it allows you to unlock the door. So you push a button and you walk into the door, uh, and walk into the store. And inside the store, you then scan the items that you want to purchase. So either scan the actual item itself on the barcode or the shelf labels. And now you're building a, a basket within the app. And what's interesting here is that if you would walk into our store, Jeb, you identify yourself as Jeff. So we know if you have been to our store before, we have your purchase history, or if you're a new customer. And you onboard while you walk in. And if you think about it today in a typical retail, you identify yourself as you walk out. When you're about to pay, you identify yourself as a member of the loyalty club or, or what have you. But here, as you onboard and you identify yourself as you walk in, we have so much potential to work with you as a customer during your your purchase uh, journey. So if you would scan uh, a bottle of Coke, we can perhaps uh, trigger a bundle offer on, on some chips or something that goes with that item or give you some ideas of recipes. If you scan chicken, we give you a good chicken stew recipe. You have to drive, be able to drive top line. And once you then pick the items that you want to add, it's a simple checkout. So you check out in your phone and we deduct the money from your credit card on file. And then you simply walk out and you have your history, everything in your app. So the average uh, time for a customer in our stores are less than three minutes that they are in our store. Uh, so it's super convenient. It goes super easy. And I would say that's a typical kind of customer journey in, in one of our stores. So giving you some more background on that, we rely on from the consumer perspective on a mobile app. There are autonomous stores out there that are working on the different technologies when it comes to camera tracking and computer vision, which is super cool as well. The only downfall I think with that type of setup is just that you as a customer cannot communicate with the retailer if it was an unmanned setting, or we as a retailer cannot communicate with you at the point of purchase, because we can only track you with cameras. So I, I would think that's uh, the biggest difference, and also that you don't have to retrofit your existing space. It's, it's super easy to implement, and you can go live tomorrow with any type of store, uh, and there's no limitations on the size of the store or number of SKUs. So I would say that would be the biggest difference, that, that there's no hardware components involved. Wow, so interesting. A lot of us in the U.S. have been in and out of some of the autonomous stores, and there's uh, there's obviously a, a massively heavy tech footprint in the ceiling and on the shelves and whatnot. In your case, it's literally scan and go. It is. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what yeah. So, so I, I think that it's two different ways to look at it. Camera tracking is, to me, it's super cool when it comes to the customer experience of just you know, walk in and, and walk out. We wanted to build a platform that is helping a retailer today and not perhaps something in, in the future. And helping the bottom line as of tomorrow. Because retail overall, to me, never been working in the retail industry before. It's an industry that is, especially physical retail, and when the pandemic broke out, it hurt even more. And the retailers that were not on some sort of a platform, 
that couldn't adapt of adding curbside pickup or click and collect or meeting the customer in different channels, they didn't have any options besides closed shop. And I, I think that's top, top of mind of every retailer today where they think that how can we, what's going to next threat going to look like and how can we adapt to that as a physical retail? And I'll tell you what the next threat is. Uh, and you know what that is, Jeff? What? It's the next generation Z. That's the next threat for every physical retailer. They already today stands for close to 40% of the purchase power in retail. And they were born with a smartphone when they were a little baby. They don't want to stand in line. They, they don't want to go into a physical store and there's a line. They'd rather just click at home online instead. So as a physical retailer, you have to meet that generation of adding convenience to them by, you know, offering different types of checkout possibilities. If that's camera tracking or a mobile checkout, which StoreKey does, to me, every retailer have to have that within the next five years. Otherwise, I think you're going to be out of business. That's how I see it, where you have to add that convenience to that generation. Well, I have twin 25-year-olds, so I will certainly attest <laughs> to the fact that they yeah. literally were born with smartphones in their hands. Probably they shouldn't have been, yeah. but they... We certainly did whatever it took to keep them occupied. Where do you want to sit in the, the technology landscape? Are you autonomous store? Or are you scan and go? You're both. Scan and go typically doesn't have to necessarily mean a full footprint. Where, where do you want to sit from an, me as an analyst? Where, where, what bucket do you want to own? Yes. So that it's a great question because it's a new space. And within autonomous stores, you have so many different features, right? So scan and go would be one feature or camera tracking would be another feature. Store key as a platform is, as I said and mentioned at the beginning, a unified commerce platform, a, a platform that lets system talk with systems. And then you as a retailer, then you can cherry pick whatever features that suits you as a retailer. But I would definitely want to be within the autonomous cashier-less stores space because as the store key platform, as I mentioned, as a whole, you can add on anything to the platform. The key here is to be able to gather data from your physical space. As I mentioned at the beginning, digitalize your physical store. That's the key. And to gather that data in one place. So it doesn't become frag fragmented data of different silos. So you can't act on that data. So the pigeonhole, I, then I would say cashier-less stores. I think that would be a good framing for of what we do. Because to me, future retailer won't have your typical POS, uh, a cashier line in store. The staff will rather be on the floor helping customers than creating a big line of frustration from customers. And so I, I think that physical kind of POS systems uh, will not be in uh, physical retail for so much longer. Interesting. Can a existing retailer use your technology and but still have cashiers? In other words, just basically just turn on your scan and go capability for somebody that chooses to do that? Or if I want to come in and pay cash or, or do what a typical shopping process, I would just, I don't know, I guess just go into a, a normal queue. Yeah, 100%. We're onboarding right now, a petrol station. I used to give you that user example. So you're filling up your gas in your car and then you want to grab a Coke and you run into this, the store and the gas station and there's a line because people are buying hot dogs or renting a car or whatnot. Uh, and you skip to buy that Coke. And uh, that's a typical kind of example on if you would add another way of checkout and if you could then leverage that customer's phone to do that checkout themselves, 
you would create it a sale. That's one typical uh, example of having both system working uh, together as a hybrid. And, and I think we will have that transition for the few uh, few years to come where you will have your physical kind of cashier, but it's going to move more to the, to the scan and go feature. Because I promise you as a customer, if you have done it once, there's no reason for you to stand in line the next time, unless you don't have a smartphone or you don't have a credit card and you have to pay with via you know, cash and check. But that's, we're moving away from cash, cash society at some point. One, one additional question on that. So what about if I'm getting produce or something I have to weigh or, or meat? Is that a skew or a, an item that I can buy using this or is it, does it have to be prepackaged and priced? Yes. So that's a great question. So what we did on our own grocery stores were having prepackaged, so it was item-based kind of pricing. But also in the barcode, you could have, say, for instance, you have chicken filet that is, and it's at its price per ounce or weight. The barcode itself is programmed with that weight in it. So you will get the price that's accurate. If you then would get some, I don't know, whatever, bananas and you want to pay per weight, you can have a scale out there in the store, which kind of create that barcode to be able to scan that, which you do have today in certain kind of scan and go stores, typical grocery stores do have that solution as for now. So that's how we solved it. Interesting. Where are we in adoption? We certainly have the the player out here in, in North America that is making an awful lot of noise now just meeting you. And I actually did not realize you were already in 30 stores. Where are we in adoption? It's super interesting to see, you know, when we started this back in 2019, it was only really Amazon that was out there uh, paving the ways when it comes to autonomous stores. And if we looked locally here in Sweden with these big grocery companies like our Walmarts and Targets of the world, they were starting to look into building uh, a scan and go features as, as well. And it took them over two years to build that feature. And they just launched that as a one chain. The other chain, and this is quite interesting, the other chain had built the scan and go feature back in 2013, and they didn't get any adoption. So they put that on shelf. And now they just did a public announcement that they're going to release scan and go feature across all stores as of next year. And and that's quite interesting because that means that the customer has now pushed for that uh, solution more than the retailer is pushing that solution. So I would say there's a big transformation going on right now of, again, just adding convenience uh, to the customer. To me, retail is just, it's all about that. It's about solving customers' problems at any given moment. And the problems usually are, where can I find this product? Or I need more information about this product. And you can use leverage technology to help you do that. I typically mention this example, like you walk into a bookstore, I give you a, a good title of a book, and you walk into a Barnes & Noble. How the heck are you going to find that book if you don't know that store? You're going to search a title or author or it's so hard. You literally have to go to a computer and search the inventory of that store to locate that book. You can easily do that with a store key platform. It's on aisle three, author X. And while you, after you find that book, you as a customer, you are done with your purchase. Now you have to go back and stand in a physical line. I think that's something that you guys have to erase as a retailer and just letting the customer just check out at that point. Interesting. I, 
I probably know the answer to this question, but I'm assuming COVID has been a big accelerant to what you're what you, what you're trying to bring to market or what you are bringing to market. Before the pandemic broke up, we had six stores, so we didn't have enough data and and kind of history to compare sales and whatnot before and after or during. But the, just how appreciated our stores became as they were less contact. Uh, you could be by yourself in the store given the size of the stores. It certainly helped, absolutely. And, and I think the latest poll I heard, which was done in the U.S., was like, why would you use a self-checkout kiosk then rather than stand in line? And the most common question answer to that was, um, I don't want any other people to touch my items, which I, uh, definitely comes out of the, the pandemic. And the second most common answer to that was, I don't trust the cashier. I, I don't trust that they charge me for the items that I'm putting on uh, the cashier line. They might double double blip or, or something like that, uh, which is quite interesting as well. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of self-checkout, just obviously a tech analyst. And my wife um, was never a fan of that for whatever reason. She liked the, the physical experience of the cashier. And when we shop in grocery stores, that, that they are amazing experiences. But once the pandemic yeah. came out, and I'm not sure how it was in Europe, in the U.S., it it was just simply easier to check out with self-checkout because you still had to handle your groceries. There were all these barriers set up and it's just right. literally going to a very high-end grocery store was actually a worse checkout experience than just simply going up to the uh, self-checkout and just without having to have all the barriers, be able to pay and do all that sort of stuff. So I can only imagine how, how we've shifted all our, how we want to, how we want to pay for everything. Uh, so yeah, I, I just want you know, one, one thing there, Jeff, on, on the self-checkout, which is just kind of food for thought. If you have less than five items, it actually takes you longer uh, to do a self-checkout shows than uh, a standard line, a cashier line, because there are so many steps you have to go through before you're scanning your first item. Just identify yourself. Do you have a bag? Do you don't have a bag? Yeah. <laughs> before you're able to scan. And unfortunately, that you know red lamp lights up and you some clerk needs to come and, and <laughs> log into your system at any given time sometimes as well. But the biggest, I think, challenge for retailers are that if you're going to have self-checkout you know, self kiosk, you have to have several. Otherwise, you're going to create a line for checking out in that way as well. So you have to have several and they're eating up retail space. Yeah. So if you can do all this in the customer's phone, you can then place goods to be able to sell the goods uh, off shelf instead of having self-checkout shelves. Just some food for that. And not only that, but th those are not cheap either. You are literally, um, for a retailer, you're actually outsourcing a big cost for the, for the checkout experience. For sure, yeah. Interesting. So you're at NRF next week, or not next week, next month, pretty close, in a couple, three weeks. What's your message? What are you telling people? If you as a retailer want to have eyes on your physical and know, get to know what your customer wants to buy and get that in real time and collect that data, you definitely should check out StoreKey because it, it just opens up this jar of so much potential of what you can do. And so I, I think that would be... Uh, our, our clear message and, and you have to the sooner you're able to collect data the better your position in a year from now because i see that myself in our own stores the the coupons that are being generated by the ai now is so much better than they were just a year ago because they have much more data to be able to predict on and the big show is worldwide but it's definitely north american centric so the fact you're coming to a new york 
Does that indicate that you're, you've got ideas over here for, for the U.S. market? Yeah, it's super exciting. We have several conversations right now with different types of retailers. And the most interesting part is that they're not only grocery retailers. So you have everything from your bookstores and, and, and shoe stores and florists and gas stations. And, and they all come different challenging questions that they have. Some of them are looking at the cost of operations. Some of them are looking into getting better control overall, the nuts and bolts of retail, because it's unnecessary to stock items that don't sell. So there are so many different uh, tasks that a retailer has today with, with physical retail. So we, I'd be shocked if we don't have some sort of presence within. Very interesting. Your official softball, never let me said an analyst doesn't give you a softball. And for, for non-American audiences, what that means is just a, a big something, a, a simple, easy question. I realized talking to you, um, Daniel, that I, I probably use a lot of American American phrases that don't, that don't necessarily resonate with my worldwide audience. So thanks for, for pointing those out to me. What do you see? What do you see happening in 2022? It's going to be an interesting year, hopefully coming out of the, the pandemic. Retail again, suffering. They are really trying to figure out the best way for their specific retailer to, to survive and how to blend themselves together with e-commerce, move away from the line between online and offline. It's a big transformation within retail. I also see a trend of retailers having smaller stores uh, and getting closer to customers. It's super exciting, challenging, but super exciting. Very interesting. Hey, the last couple of questions. I uh, I serve on the advisor committee for the Center for Retail Transformation at Georgia Mason University, and I have college kids come up to me and ask me the, these two questions, and I'm tired of giving a silly analyst term, and I'm going to start asking ex experts like yourself. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, what advice would you offer a, a young entrepreneur? Ooh, um, one, identify a true problem. So not just come up with a nice to have, identify a true problem where you think you have a solution, if it's a service or a product, because then it could sustain long-term. And while you do that, build the business, even though it's small in the beginning, but build it to be able to be ready to scale. Because if timing is right, you have to be able to scale fast. So if you're building a technology or a platform, uh, just keep that in the back of your head and just start and fail and fail because the product will never be 100% done. So just take that leap, I, I think would be the easiest, easiest way to explain it. But at the same time, learn and adapt to the failures that you're going to, because you're going to have a lot of failures. Interesting. What skills do you use now? Critical skills. What skills do you use now that you wish you would have paid more attention to when you were back in college or, or at the start of your career? That's a really interesting question. I think you're never done with learning more in general. I would say one one specific skill that that I really wanted to have more of is power reading. I don't know if that's a a specific class you can take in, in college, but speed reading and, and memory training because there's so much information out there, and just to keep a par with industry, you have to and you have to read so much. So if I would have that super skill of power reading, uh, I will definitely take a class in that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I have that skill. It's called audiobooks in 2x normal speed. <laughs> but reading, no, boy, I'm the, I'm the slowest reader on the planet, which is really good in, the, in my line of work where I only read hundreds of pages a day. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Where are you going to be at NRF? And how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so at the NRF, we're going to be uh, next to the uh, startup pavilion with the Microsoft of startups. So you'll be 
able to find me there. And if not, you just drop me a line on LinkedIn. You search my name, Daniel London. Happy to connect. Great. Thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. For more info, refer to the pod notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us grow. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, analyst at large. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at JeffPR or at Brian Sathanation, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Visit my website at roster.retail.com or brians at iterate.ai. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.